in this Candy Dentist podcast, we're going to talk to Ben Tai, a dental therapist, um, and as I understand it, made himself quite famous during lockdown for social media also. Um, <laughs> welcome, Ben. I wonder if we, we can start by introducing yourself to everybody. Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Ben Tai, like Andrew just said. I am a dental therapist. Um, I'm also a tutor at the Eastman and an EMS trainer, a key opinion leader for Listerine um, with Kenview. So yeah, I've got quite a diverse role. Wow, um, that that's a lot to talk about then. Um, so can you share a, a you know brief story of how you became a dental therapist and what inspired you to choose this career in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. So if we kind of think back to about 20 years ago, I was choosing uh, my A-levels. I didn't really want to go on to A-levels, if I'm honest, go to sixth form. Um, but I think my mum and dad wanted me to, so I was like, okay, I'll do it. Because of the interest wasn't there, um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do, I, I kind of wanted to be a paramedic. I thought that was quite a, a cool, exciting career. Um, anyway, I was going through my A-levels. I didn't really stick in, so to speak. Um, didn't really engage with it. It wasn't something that I wanted to do, wouldn't wanted to be there. And comes results day, and I opened the envelope, and it was a uh-oh moment. Um, I didn't want to go to uni at the time, so I didn't apply for anything. So luckily, I didn't have any rejections. But all my friends were going off to uni, and... I was actually working in WH Smith at the time and I needed a full-time job. Um, so my sister, who was a dental hygienist, said, actually, we're looking for a trainee dental nurse at my practice. Um, you should apply for it. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll apply for it. Anyway, I applied for it. I got it. Um, i done my dental nurse training for a couple of years, got my experience. And I was as I was nursing with dental hygienists, dental therapists, um, dentists. I was fortunate enough that they sent me to a lab, so I got that experience as well. Um, and dental therapy was the thing that really kind of stuck in my mind and thought, actually, this is something that I could really do and I could see myself in the operator chair. Um, so, yeah, I applied to Newcastle University and got accepted. And, yeah, the rest is history. Wow. Okay. Uh, so it, it kind of stumbled into it accidentally, almost. Um, yeah. It it wasn't certainly wasn't something that I really thought this is definitely what I want to do throughout school. I did have to go back to college because obviously my A level grades weren't um, good enough. So whilst I was a dental nurse, I was doing like my teaching at college as well. Um, so I got a, like an access course to allow me to go into university. And, uh, you know, now, now you're in the business, uh, fully trained up, practicing for years. Um, so what does a typical day look like for you now? Um, and also, you know, are there any unique points about practicing that you find really interesting? So what's your real point of interest in all of this? So I don't think there's any day that's a typical day for me because every day is different. Um, like I said, my role is quite diverse throughout the week. So I teach uh, the Eastman a couple of days a week. I am clinical a couple of days a week. And then I also teach for EMS um, a couple of days a week. So it's very busy. It keeps me um, engaged, keeps me on toes. So I need to be with um, engaged with all the latest research. Um, I think one thing that I really enjoy doing is the treatment of peri-implant disease. Um, I work in a predominantly implant practice. So it's 
my day-to-day, so to speak. A lot of my patients do have implants. So that's a, a clinical area. Um, in terms of academia, I am really interested in assessments. So I'm actually the assessment lead at, East, at the Eastman. So I do all the assessments, um, plan them and make sure they're all written. Um, and then it's kind of the psychometrics. So it's analyzing actually what questions work, what questions don't work. And then obviously I've got EMS. So I don't know where I'm going to go from one week to the next. I might be in South Wales. I might be in Birmingham. I might be in Portsmouth. Um, and I'm meeting loads and loads of different clinicians from different journeys. Um, and yeah, just sharing sharing the GBT love around the UK. Um, so, I mean, you, you talk about a kind of a very diverse and very active uh, uh, life that you lead. Um, you know, one of the key things always that people want to talk about is time management. You know, so how do you uh, balance your manage your time and balance your different roles as a, as a therapist and an educate and an educator traveling around the country doing all sorts of different things how do you keep that uh, uh, yeah so it, it's very very busy also i need to factor in time for myself so i live by my calendar on my phone if ever i lost my phone i would it'd be like losing my arms everything's planned um i've got reminders in there what i need to do by a certain date it's just about being organized, um, kind of having the foresight to see actually, are there going to be any bottlenecks coming up? Are there any areas of stress where maybe I need to, I don't know, sacrifice my own time for a short period of time? Um, but yeah, it comes back to organization, I think, and really just maximizing every hour of the day. Are you um, a naturally organized person? Or no. Was that something um, you had to learn? I think... I'm very different. I think clinically, when I'm working, I'm very, very organized. I think in my own life, I'm a bit more kind of free and flowing and see what comes. But um, I know working because it's so tight and the pressure is on that I just need to be very organized to make sure that I've got everything planned. At least, I would say at least about six weeks ahead. So I know what, what the kind of the outlook's like. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, planning planning is everything, and it's the hardest thing to do, in fact. Um, yeah, calendars, yeah, life changer. <laughs> well, they've been around for centuries. I'm not sure everyone's used them properly, <laughs> no. but yeah. Um, what motivates you to teach and train others? You know, how did you how did you get into that world, and and what what motivates you to a keep up to date and b keep uh, trying to inspire others? Uh, it was actually a session whilst I was a student. So at Newcastle, the therapy students teach the BDS students just in an afternoon, but a bit about hand scaling. So how to use the um, instruments correctly. And it was one of my tutors at the at Newcastle that said, have you ever considered teaching? And it was something that I'd never thought about. Um, and that just kind of stuck in my mind. I left, obviously got my experience um, and I started teaching dental nurses, being a dental nurse mentor in practice. Um, and it it kind of just naturally flowed. I, I saw a job advertised for the Eastman and I applied for it, never in a million years thinking that I'd get it. And I got it. Um, it's seeing those little things. It's seeing those little light bulb moments from the students where they're like, ah, I get it now. And it's like, I'm part of that journey. And we all know we can all still remember our teachers from primary school and I think I can remember my tutors from university and it's just 
it's just a really nice experience. I think we've just had our first BSc cohort um, graduate. We had diplomas before that. And it's just an incredible sense of achievement, not only for them, you're proud of them, you're pleased for them, but for, for myself, for my teaching team, it's like, wow, we actually done that. We've actually created a clinician. Um, so yeah, it, it's seeing that. Sometimes it's really stressful, but I always mm. say is when they get the results, it's worth it every time. I, I, yeah, I can imagine, but I mean, it, it's it's kind of different different types of stresses and strains to working in the practice. I would imagine. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, which brings me on to my next question. You've got a kind of an interest in Pilates. Am I am I right? <laughs> I do. I usually plaster it all over my my Instagram all the time. I have become um, semi obsessed with Pilates. For since I graduated, I'm quite tall, so I've just been plagued with back issues. I've tried the sports massage, I've tried the physios, um, and it was the end of last year, I got a bit of sciatica, and I was like, I really need to be more proactive in preventing this, and not just try to look for uh, a short-term solution. Um, and it was actually above my gym, um, where I, I go, and someone opened up a Pilates studio, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll try it, and yeah, I've just been hooked ever since. I'm quite active anyway, so I go to the gym a couple of times a week, I do yoga a couple of times a week, I usually do Pilates maybe six or seven times a week, um, but I'll notice the difference if I don't go, it's just all about, kind of, I think your core, so strengthening your core, which obviously we use, especially in dentistry when we've got our spine constantly in flexion, our scapulas are hunched over, so correcting that, but it's also an hour two hours of the day where I can't check my emails can't check any messages uh I just have to focus on myself even thoughts just go out the window when you're in some positions because you just really have to focus on what you're doing and there and then so I find it quite grounding um as well so so I mean it, I mean it's an interesting way that you you sell it actually it's a kind of there's a, a physical uh benefit to this but equally there's a kind of digital detox kind of thing and a yeah. mental health benefit to it too um you know and many people who work in the dental profession complain about bad backs and back pain and things like that so common in dentistry so common do you think this is the answer yeah 100 i genuinely think plies is the answer i mean i've been in that position where you finish work you've kind of emptied your social cup you'd it's hard to keep kind of going out and socializing with friends and you just kind of zombie scroll through your phone and you think oh an hour's gone by and then you get on with your evening whether it's an evening meal or whatever and it's actually just carving out that time and booking a class and thinking I'm gonna go I'm gonna make an hour for myself and you feel a hundred times better after it but also the kind of days after as well because obviously you've worked your body out mm. yeah uh, yeah I mean I think uh you know you could start teaching something else in a minute um <laughs> so, so I mean, you know, interestingly, we're talking about Pilates and well-being. You know, we kind of talked about a solution to something. It'd be interesting to know what are some of the biggest challenges that you face, you know, in your dual roles, and how do you overcome them? Um, at the risk of sounding quite repetitive, I think it's just making sure that I am very organised and very planned, um, and but equally making sure that. I've got some time for myself. 
um, I have fallen in that trap where I'll get in from work, I'll eat, and then I'll go straight back to work, whether it's writing lectures or appraising lectures or planning assessments. Um, but I'm really trying to maximise the time that I'm at work. Obviously, if I need to bring some some work home, then that's fine, but just not falling into the habit of, of doing that. Um, so it's identifying those pressure points and avoiding them or finding a solution to avoid them in the future. Yeah, I you, would I, say. I mean, do you have resilience? You know, can, you know, are you can you deal with the stresses of you know certainly dealing with um, patients and things like that? You know, can you deal with that stress easily? Yeah, I, I would say I function well with a certain level of stress. Um, I think. Without it being overwhelming stress, obviously, because that's not good for you, but just having that little bit of pressure is quite motivating. Knowing that you've got to reach deadlines, knowing that you've got kind of timelines to to hit, um, I feel personally is is quite beneficial for me. But I'm aware that that's not the same for everyone, and I think that's sometimes quite difficult. Um, because we're all different. We all have different expectations, what we can achieve and what we can't achieve. And it's when people are pushing themselves constantly, then they, they reach burnout. Um, mm. So just having some self-awareness, I think. And it's same. It's actually okay that I can't achieve this by this timeline. We need to to move it. Mm. So do you, do you think you've kind of cracked the work-life balance? Do you th- you know have you have you kind of created an environment in which you can switch off from work completely, or is an element of work following you around wherever you go? I will be honest, it's been it's been difficult and it's been a journey and it's been a case of it was when when I'm clinical, when I was clinical full time, that was all I had to focus on. And then over the years, as I've added more and more in, it's just finding that balance. It's giving one a little bit more time, taking some time away from the other. It might be that I do a few extra days. It might be that I drop down a day. And I would say only in the last six to eight months have I really kind of found the balance I feel like I'm I'm riding the right wave at the moment um and I'll be honest again I think it's purely because I've put those blocks in for exercise and Mm -hmm. a little bit of mindfulness within that exercise it's like a break point Mm. I don't burn out yeah I'm now not sure what you do most actually whether it's teaching um being a (laughs) therapist or working out and mindfulness um yeah it, there's a lot there's a lot of balls that i'm juggling but um he is enjoying it i think if you're not enjoying it then everything just feels like a slog and it feels hard if you're not enjoying being full-time clinical then look for something alternative if you're not enjoying teaching then look for an, something alternative i'm just very lucky that I, I genuinely love what i do um whether that's teaching whether that's clinical or whether that's being on the road with EMS uh, or J and J, it's I, I feel very lucky. I think. Okay, um, I've got one final question for you, which is, um, you know, we, we, we've looked at, we've understood where you are now, um, but what about the future? I mean, we're coming up to the time of year where we make New Year's resolutions and all of that kind of thing. Um, you know, so what are your professional goals and aspirations over the next few years? Um, you know, and actually, you know, on, on, a, on a different note, what advice would you give to somebody considering um, a role as a dental therapist now? Um, what are my aspirations? I try as much as possible to live in the present. Um, I think 
what I see quite a lot of uh, are therapists who are graduating who are hungry for uh, whether it's social media exposure, whether it's complex cases, and they put an awful lot of pressure on themselves to achieve that. Um, and a product of that is that they start to not enjoy what they do. So I've been very aware this year that I've taken a step back from that drive and just thought, right, I'm just going to focus on the present, focus on my day to day and be the best that I can today. Um, and I would give that advice to the new grad therapists and hygienists that are out there. Just focus on yourself, develop. It's not a race. Um, find yourself people who you find aspiring, but will also mentor you, whether that is kind of just conversational, whether that's people that you really look up to, but think, I'm not going to get there in a week. I'm not going to get there in a, a year. But what are the challenges? What challenges have they faced that they'll help me overcome to get to that point? Um, we are unlucky in a sense that we work in a surgery. So it's a very isolated environment. And as soon as you go to a conference or a course, you start networking, you start speaking to other people, you realize actually all the problems that you think have been in your head are shared. We all go through the same things. We all have certain patients that we find challenging. We also have kind of people in our lives which can make things a little bit more difficult. So just communicating is a, is a big thing. What are my aspirations? That's, that's an interesting one. Um, I would like to potentially do a doctorate in the future. Um, it's something that I started. Um, I started a couple of years ago, just after COVID, um, and it wasn't what I expected it to be. Um, so it was really difficult for me to accept, actually, this isn't what I want. If I start something, I'll finish it and I'll make sure I finish it. But actually having, again, the self-awareness to think this isn't what I want. It's not the avenue I want to go down. So I'm just going to kind of leave. Um, but what have I learned from it? So I've got the experience of doing a year of it. But I think for me, I want to go back and I want to do something different. But yeah, a doctorate is pretty much where I, I'm going, where I'd like to like to see myself in the future. Fingers crossed. Busy, busy, busy. Um, you just to add more, more, <laughs> more, more balls to the juggling. But yeah, hopefully one yeah. day. Ben, thank you so much for talking to us. It's been a, a real a real pleasure talking to you and it's been fascinating um, to hear your story. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me.